Greetings, everybody, and welcome to an evening edition of the Run Your Mouth podcast. And to start off today's fine episode, I'd like to have a moment of silence uh, for the Queen of England who has passed. And I was thinking we could have a moment of silence uh, where we wonder, why do we care? So let's all just let's take that moment right now and let's really try and focus on why this is important. Is everyone doing this? Is everyone is everyone partaking in this moment of silence cuz maybe collectively, maybe if all of us collectively we have this moment of silence together and I'll stop talking in a second so you guys can focus. I know you're sitting there and you're like I'm trying to have a moment of silence, but this guy won't shut the fuck up. So in a moment, I'm going to have a moment of silence. Put your hands to the side, take a deep breath, pretend like you're holding my hand and whoever that other run your mouth listener was. And if we all focus in deep thought and we pretend like we're holding each other's hands, but not in a weird way, it's a very loving way. We're trying to have a ritual here. And so quit trying to undermine the ritual that I'm trying to have with everyone by turning it weird. It's not weird. Okay. It's a deep breath. You're going to hold hands with your fellow run your mouth listener with deep focus on why do we care? Anything come to you guys? Anyone, anyone get anything? I don't, I don't know. Did anyone, anyone get anything? Uh, I, it seems to me we're basically celebrating a lady. They wheeled out with nice hats, that nice hats. It's a gentle reminder that uh, some people are greater. And I, I guess there's a nice historical perspective here because, you know, there was a time where if you wanted to get to the top, you wanted to be royalty, you had to get out there. You had to fight wars. You had to plunder nations. It's not like now. We live in simpler times. You can just get out there and suck off Ray J. You just got to show off how good you are at sucking off some big cocks and going, oh, baby, oh, baby. And then that's it. You could be right on top. Back in the day, my God, you had to, you had to go to war. You had to fight other nations. You had to take their wealth. You had to be like, hey, we're keeping this. Those were different times. So I guess uh, maybe that's what we're celebrating. I don't know. It's all reality TV at this point. You guys watching Hillary Clinton? She's out there. She's doing all these press shows. It almost looks like uh, her new reality show was put together by the producers who ever did that Paris Hilton thing. Like, remember when uh, Paris Hilton, she was the first one, got the reality show because she's out there sucking off big dicks, and she wasn't nearly as good at it. I mean, if we're going to do a comparison side by side, we were all super excited. Like, wow, there's going to be Paris Hilton porn. And then even as a kid getting no action, you're like, man, this is this is some boring porn. This lady not go to cocksucking school? I mean, who thought that this was acceptable video footage? You know, you got to get out there and you got to learn from Pamela Anderson, learn how to make a decent porno video. Hey, I didn't want to talk about porn this whole time. I'm trying to talk about how world leaders become world leaders. And it's all about being good at reality television. They learned that Hillary Clinton, not very likable. She had all the political stuff down. She knew how to get money from Saudi Arabia. She knew how to pretend like she was running charities. She knew how to sit there for 10 hours and go emails. I thought C wasn't for classified. I thought it was for cookies. Like, you know, she knew how to play every single aspect of this game. She knew how to unseat all the Democrats. She knew how to cheap Bernie Sanders out of his spot in the thing. But the one thing she didn't know what to be was likable. So now she's got to go back to television school. That's what all these people are doing. I think uh, Obama even just won an Emmy for what he's putting together on Netflix. Uh, and so now she's got her own reality show on Apple TV where you can watch her and her daughter going and having conversations, being firemen. It, it's like it's the old thing, just with a little bit mixed in of, oh, we're a bunch of ladies. And so we got to figure out how we can empower women. But it seems like the plot line is basically like every other reality TV show where you take these people 
You put them in the positions that they're not normally in. Uh, but speaking of old ladies, I had a real old lady moment the other day. Sometimes I spend too much time in my house. I'm not out there on the road doing comedy. When I'm out there on the road doing comedy, I feel like a youthful individual with a lot of diarrhea. That's the way I feel. But I, I'm like living life on the edge. If anything, that's like my cocaine now that I'm so nervous about bathrooms and stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how many per, per, uh, pretend business calls I can take at seven in the morning so that I'm not disturbing the other people I'm in a room with. Like it's an exhilarating lifestyle. And then there's getting to the airport eating. There's like a whole thing to do. That's exhilarating. When I'm out on the road, I feel like a youthful man. I feel like I'm living life. And then sometimes I have moments where I'm at home and I'm like, oh my God, I'm an old lady. So I had a real old lady moment the other day where, um, you see, I broke my, uh, standing desk. Uh, and then I was spending too much time sitting down. All of a sudden you're spending all day sitting down. Your back starts to hurt. So I was like, all right, I can at least, uh, when I'm reading the news, I don't like sitting down when I'm doing that. So I got my podium, which is right here. You guys can't see it. And so I start putting it out on the porch. It looks like I'm giving lectures to the neighborhood. If anyone's bored, wants to come stand out in the street, it just looks like I'm lecturing the neighborhood about things that are going on. Uh, but I was standing up there and I was like, man, I don't know why all summer I've been inside my apartment. It's not even like I got air conditioning in the apartment. I could have been out on this nice porch. I could have been enjoying all the fresh air. But then, you know, I was like, who am I kidding? When I pretend like I'm living good porch lifestyle, you know, I'm out here, I'm talking about run your mouth summer porch store. I'm talking about how I'm a champion of porches. And then I was like, you know what? I got to address my own porch living situation because I'm looking at my porch and I was like, I just got a view of garbage. And then I started having that. By the way, I had like this real OCD moment where I was like, how fresh is my air? Like, I think I'm breathing fresh air. I'm like, this is great. I'm outside. But I was like, for all I know, I'm just stinking up garbage. Maybe my entire apartment stinks like garbage. And it's one of those things where you're so used to your apartment smell, you don't even realize it. Maybe all my clothes smell like garbage. I'm like, guys, I've definitely been to like other places when you go like to like their back lot and like their garbage is spilling over. And then I was like, but I started convincing myself because this is what you do. You're like, no, this is cleaner garbage. I was like, cleaner garbage. There's a fucking Domino's and Subway there. You think anyone's got dirtier garbage than a Subway and a Domino's? And then I didn't even take this picture when it was at peak spillage, but there was spillage. And then I'm start thinking in my head, can we make the garbage a little bit less garbagier? And I was like, who might I be able to complain to? Maybe they could put these garbage bins somewhere else. And then that's when I realized, I was like, oh my God, I'm an old lady. Like, cause I've always shat on people when like you move into like a New York city apartment and then they start complaining about that. It's like, you knew the bar was downstairs. When you moved in, you knew the bar was downstairs. You don't get to complain later. You chose to move there. The bar's there. I chose this apartment. There were always garbage bins there, but then there's this part in your head where you're like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe they could build the fence a little higher. Maybe they could do it on a slant and then paint roses on my side of the fence. So I don't have to see the garbage. And then you're like, yeah, but then you're being an old lady again. But you're like, yeah, but maybe they could just manage the garbage a little bit better. Like, they don't need to get garbage all over the floor. I don't know. If someone wants to come over here that didn't lose all of their uh, uh, nostrils uh, during COVID. I, I think I've gotten my scent back. Still, some things taste off. Like peanut butter? I don't really like peanut butter anymore since I got COVID. I think that's the only thing that still, like, is a little bit out there. Is that what the Asians were trying to do? They were trying to ru ruin peanuts for us so that the Thai people could have it for their dishes only? Was that what this thing was all about from the outset? I don't know. I don't know the way these things works. But if someone wants to come over, let me know if my whole place tastes uh, smells like garbage or not. Uh, I invite you to do so. Uh, all right, guys. I only have one gig on the books at the moment. I got to start lining up gigs because, uh, you know, once you're at home thinking about calling up your landlord to complain about garbage, it's time to get out of your house. If you're this is uh, right off I-95, I would say it's smack in the middle of Baltimore in Philadelphia killer lineup at a brewery owned by, uh, you know, a Meekhawk. So come support cool brewery. They got excellent beers and the lineup is unreal. It's going to be Justin Silver headlining it along with myself, BK Chris and uh, menu and heart. 
I think the three of us will probably be doing 20. Justin will be doing like 30. It's going to be a killer, just straight up stand up comedy show coming out for it. Also, there's a solo form coming up, something to do with nuclear stuff. I don't really do a great job of reading or responding to emails, but I'm letting you guys know those are always good. And uh, there's one coming up. Gene definitely emailed me about it. All right, here we go. Uh, this, I keep seeing this in all sorts of places. Uh, I don't even remember where I took this from, but they keep saying it. So you got this uh, fiasco in Europe. You know, people can't afford to, to to heat their homes. They're out there now. They're slicing down trees. You know, for the sake of the environment, we had to get rid of nuclear power. But trees, they're natural. So if you want to burn them, uh, you know, and you get that smoke up in the atmosphere, that's natural smoke. So that's all cool. You know what I mean? Like whatever trees you got to burn to stay heat your home, if any of that, and that's old school. That's like that's like living like a fucking caveman. You know, they talk about caveman diets. That's like getting back to your roots. That's connecting with the earth. You get out there. First, you burn some calories because you knock down the tree. And then you get that nice smoky flavor in your house. All of a sudden, you don't even need a barbecue anymore. You know what I mean? Like you just get to smell that smoky flavor in your house while you're eating. Well, it's not even meat anymore. You're probably going to be eating like plastic food that was made in a lab by Bill Gates. So if anything, it's not even going to taste like meat, but your nostrils are going to be so overwhelmed by that smoky flavor and your manliness of having chopped down your own tree and now burning it within your own home, uh, that it's all going to taste pretty good, you know? So that, that, that's a win. Uh, so anyways, you know, they're having this problem in Europe, uh, and, uh, it's with the energy, uh, they're shutting down the Nord streams. There's not going to be any more streaming from Russia. And so here's what they keep saying. All the newspapers, Europe has accused Russia of using energy shipments to punish Western nations for imposing sanctions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They're basically like, Hey, play nice. Like we're going to sanction you, but you don't get to sanction us back. I mean, you're, you're basically at war with the country. What, what do you think? They're just going to keep sending you shit that you need. I mean, of course not. That's the leverage that they have. Hey, we're going to exert as much leverage on you, but you don't get to exert any leverage back. Hey, Russia, you better start playing nicer. I guess we're going to ship things into Ukraine and start a fake war with you. Oh, we already did that. Uh, well, then I don't really know what threats we have left. And then, of course, we're even having problems in our country because we've had people for years going, hey, you don't need that coal. We don't need to uh, uh, be taking energy out of the ground. All this fracking. That's put uh, the uh, the Middle Eastern countries on their back hills and broke the backs of their oil cartel. I'm really talking my ass on that one. But it seemed like oil prices were down when you had fracking in action, building keystone pipelines, making sure that we're going to be energy sufficient. Uh, but then everyone's like, no, we're going to do windmills where we're going to we're going to get ourselves uh, solar panels and everything's just going to work out because green energy, uh, you know, it's perfect. Uh, it's, it's perfect. It's just it's not there yet. It's perfect once we invest in it and then it doesn't work well we're going to get to the fallacy of government thinking in a second but sometimes it's nice when you get the actual information on what went wrong so here we go this is from the wall street journal and you see i read the paper paper every single day and so lucky for you you don't have to read every day to get these gems i i hand select them for you so here's a hand selected gem with some actual information of what's going wrong in california wall street journal opinion gavin newsom's dirty energy secret it's like from the middle of the article. Solar and wind power have rapidly expanded thanks to rich government subsidies along with the state's renewable mandate. These have made it harder for baseload gas and nuclear generators that run around the clock to make money. Many have shut down, and the result is that the state often lacks sufficient power when the sun goes down. California's summer electric generation capacity increased by about 10,700 megawatts between 2010 and 2020, potentially enough to power 8 to 10 million homes. The problem 
is that gas fired capacity during this time declined by 4,390 megawatts and nuclear by 2,150 megawatts. Solar and wind surged 17,000 megawatts, but those sources can't be commanded to run when people need them. The state must therefore rely on imports from other states in the evenings, especially during heat waves. But these imports are becoming less dependable since California's neighbors are also losing baseload generators owing to their own renewable buildouts. Arizona lost about half of its summer coal generating capacity between 2015 and 2020. During heat waves, the span that's south to southwest, like the one this week, California must resort to emergency measures to reduce electricity demand. This includes asking users to turn up the thermostats and providing incentives for industrial businesses to power down. A desalination plant in Carsland cut water production by about 20% earlier this week to free up power from homes, not what the states need during a drought. So to simplify, essentially, when you got your gas, your coal, and your nuclear, those can run all the time because you don't need the sun, you don't need the wind, and so they're pretty darn reliable. Government steps into the market and they go, listen, we're going to make it harder for these reliable energy sources to exist. And instead, we're going to create incentives for the windmills and the solars. And then I guess they think that the nuclear plants are just going to be charitable and that they're going to run at a loss so that when it, I mean, you, I guess you would think that maybe they could be charging premiums so that they would run during the off times. I don't know the economics of this. This is a courtesy of the Wall Street Journal, where I guess they're saying that they've made them so hard for them to run that for them just to throw on the switches during peak hours and then charge a shit ton of money, I bet they can't charge enough to actually be profitable, even if that's the case. So probably government's going to have to come in and socialize it where they're like, we're going to have the nuclear plants, but we're only going to use it. But we're going to watch they do that. Watch they run the nuclear plants all the time that they could just have the energy from there. But then they don't use the energy because they want it all from the wind and solar until those become unreliable. Point is, government stepping into a market that seemed to have been working fine seemed like people weren't running out of energy. I guess he had that Enron scandal a couple of years ago, but who the fuck else knows what they were doing at that time that was making the thing a mess. All right. And here you've got Janet Yellen looking at this opportunity. I mean, this lady, she's supposed to be the grand economist. This thing could be fueled by cheap energy. We got cheap energy. All costs on everything comes down. That should be creating an economic boom. And you would think that if from the economic perspective, as long as we have reliable energy sources, you know, at least people will be able to eat. They'll be able to heat their homes. We might be able to get this economy up and running. So Janet Yellen, she's looking at this situation. She's supposed to be knowledgeable about markets. She's supposed to know how we can handle the situation. So she looks at what's going on in California, and let's hear what she has to say. Our plan, powered by the Inflation Reduction Act, represents the largest investment in fighting climate change in our country's history. And it will put us well on our way toward a future where we depend on the wind, the sun, and other clean sources of energy. We will rid ourselves from our current dependence on fossil fuels. That's what they keep saying. They keep looking at this environment and going, well, the issue is the fossil fuels, and so we got to become less dependent. Here's what the government's doing. They realize that when you can't compete with a product, what you got to do is make that product worse. It's what they're doing now with uh, with driving into New York City. They're going to tax you for driving into New York City because they need to make their fucking shitty public transportation better. So if they make the other product more expensive, then you're forced to consume this product. That, that's, that's the entire green energy in a nutshell. Green energy cannot compete with the current nuclear and the oil. And so they go, all right, so we're going to make it harder and more expensive to consume those products so that all of a sudden the green energy starts making sense. But then you're talking about 
everything being unreliable. The problem with the green energy at the moment is that it's too expensive and it's unreliable. And so their solution to this is, all right, well, we're going to make the traditionally the traditional energy sources uh, more expensive and unreliable as well so that the green energy compete with it. And so us as consumers, will get something that's more expensive and unreliable, and that's the government helping you out. So th- thank you. Thank you. What a great plan. And I, I mean, all right, fine. You know what? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll strongman them that their idea is, well, there's going to be innovation. And as long as we come in and we support this market, then they'll figure out the innovations that will actually be on the same level. Well, does that ever happen? Does government ever actually make these investments? And then because it seems to me like you just end up with more fraud. I mean, why do you got people without water in the middle of the country? I mean, how many times does government throw money at a problem and just, you know, basically shove it into their own fucking pockets? Is that really a way that we're going to solve this thing? Of course not. You guys already know this information. And you know what else you know? That if you want to have well-protected nuts, I, it's not like a cup. It's not going to protect your nuts. But if you want them separated from your dick, you go to uh, sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off. You're going to have the most comfortable underwear anyone's ever worn. You're going to wear this and go, why have I been sleeping on this promo code? And uh, Robert's been highly supportive of the show. You guys saw him on the Smoke Out Bug Out. We're going to have him back on the show soon. We usually uh, do a monthly where he gives us some business advice. And I can tell you, I keep showing up to these events, and I got people, they're showing me their sheets. They're giving themselves wedgies so that they can get that label right up uh, right up high, to, 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 to get it right up in my face. And I go, I can respect the man who's wearing his sheets. All right, we got more news topics. Oh, yeah, while we're on the topic of uh, dumb bitches, I got some great footage. Let's watch and, and think about it. So Kamala Harris. When we went before, indeed, with pride, we planted our flag. It was rather temporary, that visit. With the Artemis program, it's not just to visit, but to live and to work on the moon. Think about that. The Artemis program, yes. So I'd initially thought that they looked at Kamala and they're like, all right, you're horribly unlikable. You can't handle anything. And so, you know, they're like, you're already unlikable. So we'll put you on the border. No one's going to be able to solve the border. And so, you know, you're already not likable. You'll just be more unlikable. Kamala's people stand up and they go, listen, you're going to die in like two weeks. I'm going to have to be president. I can't be all unlikable. So let me handle the space stuff. I mean, handling the space stuff. Everybody likes space. You let me handle space. I can take care of space. I can get out there. I can talk space. Everyone's going to love me. Just let me handle the space stuff. But now I'm starting to realize Kamala might not be unlikable. She might not even be dumb. She might actually be autistic. Because the way she talks about space is starting to feel like one of those train people who's a little bit too obsessed with trains. You know what I mean? Like we've all seen met that person steps into a conversation and just really wants to talk to you about like uh car nugs or like baseball cards. And you're like, you're an adult. And then you start realizing like, Oh, this person's autistic. And I'm starting to realize, I think that that might be the situation with uh, Kamala Harris. So let's watch another one of these moments. And by the way, I don't want to hate, if you got that one special thing in your life, that you can obsess over and it brings you this much joy. I mean, maybe you don't do it as vice president and she's got at least two things. Cause she also really liked putting people in jail. So like, this isn't like her only thing, but this at the moment, you know, sometimes people's tastes change. You know, at one point you had a hobby, you were in a band next thing I've seen musicians, they end up getting to stand up comedy. So maybe she shifted from ruining people's lives to really obsessing over space. Uh, here's another one. And, and, and thank 
good afternoon. Can you hear me? Madam Vice President, we have you. It's like a kid clear. obsessed with whales, seeing whales at the exhibit for the first time. I am so excited. To Why does their walkie-talkie look like something you'd shove up your ass to take her temperature? And as an American who is a space nerd, I'm so thrilled to be with each one of you. And thank you for your excellence. Thank you for your service. How are you guys doing? We are, uh, we are doing great. Uh, we were good until we realized we were going to have to have a conversation with you. Uh, and, you know, we're just trying to we're trying to powwow for how we're going to handle the awkwardness of this. We are fellow space nerds. Also, you got to respect that Michael Jackson guy in the middle. They seem to revive him. And uh, we really appreciate you. It's like Pete Davidson and Michael Jackson had a kid together. They threw like one of those old Frankenstein Mohawks on it. And uh, the Space Council and everyone there, the, the support that you all have for the human space. Is that a lady conference. in the middle? Is that lady Pete Davidson? Yeah, everyone, everyone listening to the show, go check out the uh, stream. All right, and then we've got... Obama, he just unveiled his painting with the with the first, uh, you know, I guess the ex first lady, uh, and I always thought that they just did portraits of the president. I didn't realize that they did it of the first lady. I have to recommend if you ever go to Washington D.C. I once went to the Portrait Museum, and everyone's going to the Smithsonian. My experience, I, I don't know, whatever. Right? The Smithsonian is not that interesting. None of the museums are all that interesting, but there's one museum. It's free. It's small. It's not crowded. You can do it really quickly. And it's the Museum of Presidential Portraits. And what I liked about it is that you get a pretty quick history lesson because I i mean, if I had to list off all the presidents, I couldn't. But you get to see every single president. You get to read a little blurb about them. You get to realize, oh, yeah, I didn't even remember that that guy was a guy. Uh, in this case, I got to go with my grandfather, who's a really smart, educated guy. So anyone I didn't know about, you know, he was able to give me some fun little quick talking points. Uh, but it's it, it. Firstly, I like I like looking at art sometimes. You know, I like an art museum, especially as long as there's no tour guide. If I got to listen to some guy explain things, I start spaced. I'm like, can we just look at it? Like I got ADD. I look at it. I read a little blurb. I'll move on. I, there's nothing worse. You go to an art museum. Someone wants to read every little fucking thing on the thing. Anyways, it's trying to talk about. So they're unveiling the pictures. And uh, let's hear what Obama's got to say. Uh, I want to thank Sharon Sprung for capturing everything I loved about Michelle. Her grace, her intelligence, and the fact that she's fine. I'll, I'll still hit that. <laughs> I don't know why this one's so, because, all right, here's why this is so funny. He keeps like pretending like he, like his newest suave is that he's not cool and that it's just, he's just so lucky to be with this wife of his. Like he ne he hasn't accomplished anything in his whole life. He just can't believe that he's with this lady. That's his new charm. Well, I have them ribs and that pussy too. And I've been hitting that. Look at that ass. Come on, turn around for the crowd there. Show her, show her what you got there. Come on. And I still tap that. It's big, but look, I got a long dick, so I'm hitting all those points. She is. Look at her. The portrait is stunning. And I want to thank Robert McCurdy for taking on a much more difficult subject <laughs> and doing a fantastic job with mine. Uh, I tried to ask him if he could make me look like less of a llama. He refused. But uh, also, it's weird that they had like different style paintings. His is just on white and hers is like a whole different thing. All right. We got a couple more topics here. Uh, next up, we've got I've seen this article. I read it in Reuters and then I read in The Hill that the majority see Trump MAGA movement as threat to democracy. 
And firstly, when they say majority, I don't know the specific numbers on that, but they, they'll even look at 51% and look, oh, look, it's the majority. And then you never know how like they're proposing these questions. But then sometimes you read information and you're like, is everyone really this retarded? Like, is like this is really the chief concern amongst the entire country? Am I really surrounded by people this stupid that they think one of their big, I mean, I didn't use the language, biggest concern, but is it really true that even amongst Republicans, the majority of individuals see MAGA as what a threat to democracy? Like, were they asking the people the question of, did Donald Trump claim that the election was false, a threat to democracy, and then change it to the entire MAGA movement? There's no way. And by all right, I'm starting to convince, like, be a little bit convinced that, like, because this is what they did with the vaccines. They tried to pretend that nobody didn't want the vaccines. Right. You were crazy if you didn't want the vaccines. And then all of a sudden we started seeing the non-compliance numbers, especially that there were people whose jobs had mandated before the government. did. And you're like, oh, like half of adults aren't getting this thing. But they, they, they fucking made you think that you were the only person. And then I was reading about. um uh, do you remember when uh, HBO came out with that Justice League and it was the Snyder cut? Because I remember I was like, usually I don't even know who directors are unless it's like a Steven Spielberg or Martin Scorsese. I don't know who these directors are. I was like, how is everyone so obsessed with seeing the Snyder cut? And I think they found out after the fact that that was just the like Twitter bots. How much? Because this is what the news does. This is the trick of the news is that they repeat things as much as possible and they pretend that anyone who had any other perspective would be insane. They don't exist. And then they convince people of these things and then they meet people like, and then you go out into the world and you meet just normal human beings. You're like, oh, other people share my opinions. But they convince you that you're the lone wolf and that you're crazy for thinking the way that you do. And then you look at the way Twitter operates and all these new rumors about all like uh, just how many bots are up there. I wonder how, like, how many things are even, like, how many things are being accurately portrayed as the amount of people being interested in it or actually interested in it? Because, by the way, this is like an age-old scam. This is what YouTube did at the beginning. This is what uh, podcasts were doing for a while. It's what TikTok's doing now. They try and pretend like there's more interest on the platforms than there are so that they can lie to the advertisers to get more money, and they can make you think that you're even more important than you are. And then people, they like to project and pretend like they're doing better than they are also because then people think that they're more popular, and then you're already in the category of being more popular but I'm just saying, how much of these things that are being preached to us as being the norm, just are total fucking bullshit. All right, a couple videos, and then we're going to be uh, calling it an episode. This is from Business Insider. A cardiologist says she's seeing a rise in 20-somethings with heart arrhythmias caused by herbal supplements. And uh, if we're going to just be coming up with creative items instead of blaming the vaccines... I'd like to suggest some new ones, maybe Instagram stress, or maybe it's seeing prices. You know, it's inflation. You walk into stores, you see all the prices and people, they start having heart problems because of all the stress. Or we all know the world's getting hot and we know like your, your heart can start, you know, like you're exercising in a sauna. So maybe it's like, or maybe it's lack of access to abortions. That's an issue now too. Maybe people are all stressed out because they're taking away their abortion access. Even if you're in a liberal state and they're not taking away your access, but you got to be concerned about the other people who theoretically might lose access. Or here, I'd like to throw a random one out there. It's aged pavement. You know, we got crumbling infrastructure and you got constant sun on pavement. Who do, who even knows what kind of chemicals might be coming out of this? It could be releasing all sorts of particles. I mean, you think the garbage stench outside of my window is dangerous. You got to start thinking about all this pavement that's out there. And while we're talking about COVID, there's two videos. We're going to do these briefly because uh, we already delved into them on uh, part of the problem. But for some of the people over here that don't watch those shows, uh, that show, 
uh, which you should if you don't. Uh, I think that these are highly relevant and important to see, and we're going to cover it uh, right very now. quickly. Dr. Paul Lopez, so this is CDC director, vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He's also a member of the FDA advisory committee, has been critical of this updated booster. He says that a healthy young person really is unlikely to even benefit from a booster dose. It should be targeted more specifically to those who really are most likely to benefit. And I wonder if you agree with that assessment and whether just even saying that adds to what's been, as you know, an ongoing criticism of CDC messaging that COVID vaccines, COVID itself, the messaging has been confusing. So first, deep respect to Dr. Offit. Um, here's what I will say about our updated um, vaccine. We are simplifying our message. The message is um, you need to get your fall booster vaccine. Um, so go ahead and get it. Um, if, you're, if you're over the age of 12, if you've received your primary series, if you're more than tw two months out of your last shot, you can get an updated vaccine. And so we've intentionally simplified the message so it's very, very clear. It's also very clear that those who are over... Great. They're going to be clearer about being wrong. They're going to have guidance that's wrong. They're going to have people pointing out that it makes no sense. But because the clarity issue, they're just going to stick to not explaining the message so that their wrongness is very clear. So who knows? Maybe actually there'll be accountability down the line because we'll be like, well, you were very clear. I mean, you gave a very clear message that this was a good idea. Now, all the science is against it being a good idea. By the way, go read Alex Berenson's Substack because sometimes, like, the science is over my head. Uh, but, see, he seemed to – I feel like in 10 years from now, we're going to actually look at the numbers on this thing, and uh, we'll see how beneficial or detrimental the vaccines actually were. But he seemed to suggest that there was new information that uh, – I, I think it was he was calling it vaccine dependency – but that maybe people who are getting Omicron were actually doing worse if they had been recently boosted. And that in Australia, that has been heavily vaccinated, uh, the death rates are looking a little bit screwy. Now, I'm not saying that that's a massive amount. I don't, I'm not saying that they're, they're peeling over like cows uh, when global warming kicks in. Like you saw those, uh, those pictures of those cows all dying because, uh, you know, Bill Gates wants to get rid of the food sources. I am really going to end up in trouble with YouTube. Uh, anyways, we had done an episode previously about the CDC addressing all of their issues. They've been wrong for a full year and a half. And so they came back and they said, we're going to simplify the message. Uh, we're going to act quicker. And so the first practical application of this is that they're going to be dumber, faster, they're going to make decisions with even less research, which we're going to see in a moment. And they're going to commit to just having one simple message, which, you know, is safe and effective. The, 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 the problem was not the simplicity. It was the wrongness. But now they're going to be fully committed to the wrongness. So I guess at least theoretically, we can hold them accountable uh, when we find out just how clear they were in their verbiage that turned out to be wrong. To right now. But here we go in terms of showcasing them working on their stupidity even faster. We've got none other than Fauci. Let's give it a listen. Shot. Never thought I'd say this, uh, sir, but you and I are in the same category when it comes to uh, COVID vaccines and infections. I've had the same number as well. This was the wrong um, video. But I guess it's good company to be in, um, to say the least. Um, all right, plug for part of the problem. Go watch part of the problem. There was a video with Fauci where essentially he said that there's no time to research these new boosters. We have to get them out there right away. Vaccines are super important. People are still dying, even if you're healthy, even if you're in these non-risk categories. We got to get these things right away. Even though we haven't researched it, 
And uh, we certainly haven't researched an endless regime. I mean, an endless uh, uh, I've been drinking. OK, moving on. This is the last topic. Monkeypox is still out there. It's nice to know that the government has this under control because here they have uh, hired Dr. Dimitri DeSalkis, aka, AKA Bondage Bradley Cooper. Uh, and what's great about this guy is, uh, I mean, if I was, I mean, I am in the gay community. I'm a man. I got AIDS myself. Uh, and the concern about other doctors is that they might go, Hey, why don't you take a break from orgies? And so it's much nicer when you have a doctor who goes, I want to work with you so that we can go to these orgies together. And then that's when you feel safer. That's when you know, Hey, government's really looking out and representing me is when I got someone and by the way, this guy's pretty well credentialed, went to Harvard, went to NYU, and he takes some sexy ass photos. I mean, this is what you need now. You need people. They can't just be good at their jobs. The day of being like some fat, ugly doctor who's just an unbelievable surgeon because he's got like little teeny hands or something and he can just like really, that's over. We want doctors who aren't just good at what they do. They also look really, really good. And then they're Instagram models. And then you just feel like these people, oh my God. Like it's back to the Hillary Clinton thing. Everything's reality TV now. Don't think that you can just be good at your job. Take some acting classes. You got to be your own publicist. You got to be on Instagram. I, I got to act that way too. My whole life, I hated the people that took pictures. Hey, I want to ruin this fun moment that you're having so that we can take a picture. Now I'm that guy. I'm doing my shows and I'm like, all right, I need everyone to stand at this angle so I can make it look like a lot of people were at this thing. And then you put it online. So everyone goes, oh my God, look how, look how good this guy's doing. And then they want to be around you because they think you're so cool. And we're all just lying to each other. That's it. We're all just, we're living in a world now where you got to be your own publicist. And you know what? It's all incredibly lame. We're all just committing to being lame. Not this guy, though. He's super cool. I mean, look at him. He just got a post in the government. Apparently, he just, he shows up to work just ready to, like, Superman, just tear off that jacket and shirt and get out there right to an orgy. He's ready to be strapped up. I mean, this guy's Bondage Man. That should be his name. Bondage Man. Dun, dun, dun. I don't have nothing else there. Uh, but if uh, you felt like the show should go a little bit longer and you felt like there was a little bit more information that you needed, I think that information is yodelta.com. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off, and those vape pens are a damn good time. Uh, so go pick them up. All right. That's our whole episode. I got nothing else. Um, here we go. We'll take a couple comments, and we'll call it an evening. Just realize Dave's live on Timcast right now, too. I'm going to go check that out. Dr. Foxypox. Not bad. Based. I'm wearing my sheets right now. Nothing like my balls being cupped while I sat at my desk. Ain't that the truth? Moderately amused. She's a space cadet. Makes sense. All right. That's our episode. Thanks for hanging out. Probably going to be back uh, on Monday with a new one, because I think on Saturday and on Sunday, we'll be recording part of the problems. Uh, which if I had to guess, that means those are probably coming out on Sunday and Monday. So I will probably do an episode on Monday. Peace.